the world's changing is what I'm trying to say. And you better get on board because we're better off dad. And we're going to talk about AI today. AI stands for artificial intelligence. And I've been thinking about this for a few weeks, uh, ever since, uh, oh, yeah, not only are we better off dad, we're just trying to make the world, what are we trying to do? We're trying to do the right thing when things are hard. We're off to a great start. <laughs> we're off to a great start. You know, what do you think of how we started? Just go ahead and leave a comment and let us know. And there don't forget go. to like and subscribe and hit the little bell. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a face made for YouTube. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so do I. That's why I use a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I have been thinking about this uh, for a while. I took notes in my phone uh, dated mm -hmm. December 23rd. So the, as we sit here in mid-January, I was like, we got to talk about this. I'm better off, Dad. And then we didn't record for a long time. So, you know, welcome back. Yeah. Happy well, New Year. <laughs> the well, AI thing is still going strong. So, yeah, oh, oh, that's true. So I actually I actually wrote a little intro. Hello, and welcome to our podcast on the latest advancements in artificial intelligence. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the benefits and downsides of AI writing and AI art. AI writing, in case you don't know, um, also known as natural language processing or language generation, has made significant strides in recent years. ChatGPT is a prime example of an AI writing tool that can generate human-like text based on a given prompt. One benefit of AI writing is that it can save time and resources by automatically generating content that would otherwise need to be written by a human. It can also help to reduce the risk of human error and improve the consistency of messaging. However, there's always a however, right. there are also downsides to AI writing. One concern is that it may lead to job displacement they took our jobs as more tasks can be automated. Sounds like, you know, the 70s and <laughs> the 80s. Yeah. My dad was always talking about automation. There's also the potential for AI-generated content be, to be misleading or biased if it's not properly monitored and regulated. Because it's a machine. What does it know about <laughs> bias, right? Right. AI art or the use of artificial intelligence to create visual art is another area where we have seen significant advancements. AI art can be created using various techniques, including machine learning algorithms and generative adversarial networks. One benefit of AI art is that it allows for the creation of unique and original pieces that may not have been possible through traditional methods. It can also help to democratize the art world by making it more accessible to a wider range of creators like yours truly. <laughs> However, there are also downsides to AI art. 
I knew you were going to ask, are there any, but Steve, are there any downsides to AI art? <laughs> Why, yes, there are downsides to AI art. One concern is that it may lead to the devaluation of human created art as it becomes more difficult to distinguish between AI generated and human generated pieces. There's also the potential for AI art to be used to create fake or misleading content, which could have negative consequences. Overall, while AI writing and AI art offer many benefits, it's important to consider the potential downsides and to ensure they are used responsibly. Thanks for joining us for this discussion on the latest advancements in artificial intelligence. That's Paul Schultz, I'm Steve Vincent, and nothing you're about to hear is true. Um, so I I actually come at this uh, a little bit differently than a lot of what I've seen. Like a lot of people are panicking and don't panic. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Relax. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I forgot I had my work shirt, shirt on. on. Oh. Yeah. Like, hey, don't dox me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> don't don't dox me. Don't get me fired. See, now I have an American flag. Me, now I have an American flag on. See that you See that that'll mm. that'll be good for our alt right listeners. <laughs> yeah, all one of them. Joe's garage and Whitlow's towing. All right. Um. So, like everything else in my life, like I hear about this thing and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then it's all I hear about. Right. Yeah. We were saying like a month or so ago, like I had never heard of this before. Obviously, my first experience with AI or I'll call it automated. I don't know if exactly if it's exactly AI is years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I was in this fantasy football league. Yeah. Back when I, I used to that. care, I used to care about sports yeah. and um, the, every week, like you do your fantasy football thing. If you don't know what it is, Google it. I'm not going to explain what fantasy football is, but every week they would come out with a series of articles. Like they would have an article about how the week went. And it would mm -hmm. it would talk about who won, and it would it would say who made good decisions, who made bad decisions. It would talk about those decisions, and it would say maybe next week they need to try this a little bit differently. But mm -hmm. they've really been coming on strong since the beginning of the season. And it would just be like you would swear you're reading an article in like you know the sports magazine, sport sporting newspaper, whatever whatever the sports section. Thank you. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's how much you don't care about sports anymore. How much I don't care about sports section. <laughs> I don't even know what to read. Um, <laughs> and then I, I was like, how do they do this? And you know, there's millions of people playing this game, right? Mm -hmm. It was just automatically generated, and I started thinking algorithmically you can see kind of there's going to be patterns and mm -hmm. probably a person wrote a bunch of phrases and said depending on what happens insert these phrases and make it sound like a news article but i was pretty impressed and i was like holy crap if they if this gets better um a lot of what you know, a lot of people that make a living writing are going to need to find a way to make their living differently <laughs> yep yep and then Early December, I hear about this chat GPT thing, and I'm like, hmm, wonder what that is. And the next thing you know, it's every headline and everything. Yep. And everybody's freaking out about it. I also, and and I, I did not freak out about it, and I'm not freaked out about it. And and I I take Seth Godin had this take. He basically said, hey, um, if you're the kind of writer that could be replaced by a robot. I don't know, maybe you should be looking for another way to make a living, you know, because 
that's you're not you know you're not Tolstoy <laughs> if what you're if what you're writing on a daily basis is like um yeah we could get a robot to write that you maybe you should look for more human connection and more like ways to elevate your writing or the research that goes into your writing well, or what whatever if that's what right? you, what if that's what you really like to do though why is that uh, <laughs> what do you do then <laughs> I like taking nice walks <laughs> with my kids, but I, I can't make a living doing that. You but, know, I mean, there's a lot of things I like to do that I can't make a living doing, right? But that's 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 not really the same thing, though. You're, yeah, you're it's a bad about, example. Yeah, it's off the top of my head. Man. Are you getting paid to walk your kids? <laughs> are you a, kid um, a professional kid walker? <laughs> okay, let's take furniture maker. I'm not uh -huh. a furniture maker, but some people love making furniture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. They love getting in that wood shop and turning whatever you do in a wood shop. I don't even know. What do you got? Lathes? And yeah, things? lathes, bevels, wood shops, grills. Picking out the wood and like just really digging into that wood. It's a rich, actually. Thing that you're scraping. Yeah, planer. Planer, you know? yes. <laughs> and these people. It's been a long time since wood shop. That do this are awesome at it. They're really great at their craft, right? Mm -hmm. um, there aren't that many of them these days right mm. i mean back in the day it was probably like you probably wouldn't be able to swing a dead cat without hitting a furniture maker right or somebody that works down at the furniture factory right or whatever um all that stuff's been automated you don't need a furniture maker uh industrial complex anymore right so people that really like making furniture when it became automated are like, well, I'm either going to have to find a different way to make a living or I really love making furniture. So I've got to really dig into the craft and figure out what can I as a human do mm -hmm. that these machines can't do. Well, there is that. I, I think what it'll boil down to is, um, though, just like anything else, like what you just said about your, you know, your, your furniture maker. Yeah. There will still be people doing it but there won't be as many people doing it. Yeah. And the people that stick with it are either A, like really good and connected or just determined, or that's what they, and, and that's what they really love to do. Whereas the rest of them will probably, they'll probably download whatever the hell that is and start doing it that way. Cause that's yeah. one of the other risks is you can now, uh, and, and it, well, risk, whatever you want to call it, but now you you could have a guy who could, uh, type you know, type in whatever he wants, get that article, and then sell that article for five minutes worth of work to a bunch of different sources. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the and you're still then you're then you're then you're back down to even fewer people doing it. Yeah, I heard something about piano tuners, and um, I would. It, if we if we were a more sophisticated show, I would have done the research about piano tuners. <laughs> but it used to be, you know, before the era of the record player uh, and the and the hi-fi system, mm -hmm. um, everybody had a piano because that was the entertainment, right? Right. So everybody had to learn how to play the piano. Everybody, and then the piano tuner. There was many of them, as there are like HVAC people, right? Yeah. You yeah. needed a lot of piano tuners, and they come in on a regular basis tune your piano and stuff. But then, you know, record players, hi-fi systems and all that sort of like we don't if you do have a piano, it's probably a, an electronic keyboard. Right. Mm -hmm. 
so the kids can practice, you know, for their lessons or whatever. Um, but it seems to me that there may, the piano tuner business may have increased over time. Like, the, yes, there was a dip because mm -hmm. suddenly there aren't any more, but as they found new ways of adding value, like the demand for piano tuners like recovered over time. Mm -hmm. The the thinking being, um, yeah, so so folks that write. Um, if I made a living writing and I took a look at what chat GPT can can do, mm -hmm. and I go, oh crap, that my writing's no better than that, right? Um I guess what I would do is I would I would say, okay, what my industry is about to be disrupted. <laughs> the way mm -hmm. I make a living is about to be disrupted. What mm -hmm. can I do? Right. And I'm not, hey, I don't want to in my new leftist uh persona. <laughs> I don't I don't want to downplay the risk. It's to always been there. You just had to chip away <laughs> at it to find it. Because anything that could be used for good can be used for evil, right? And most often does. Yeah. Any any good technology can be weaponized. And so, yeah, I don't doubt for a second that people are going to be treated horribly. People who have relied on, you know, they've honed their craft over the years and this is what they do and they've settled into a nice life and a nice living and they're a worker. And, you know, those people should band together for sure, unionize and figure out ways to, yeah. you know, because the yeah, these corporations will just lay them off en masse. Yep. You know, they'll just yeah. be like, "Screw and you, you're out of here." Typically speaking, you don't. Not every, not every writer ekes out a even semi comfortable living, mm. and and so technically, generally, writers and artists are woefully underpaid and underappreciated. Anyway, there's only a handful of them that um, make any kind of money at it, really. And yeah. then that that'll be gone, and you're gonna have to like, uh, even 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 like say if you're a, you know, beyond newspaper, beyond the yeah. sports section, move into, it it might help news, because unless I'm sure it won't, because you can take and have it say whatever you want, mm -hmm. but it, but it might it, it, it like when you, it, it might help like just put facts into the news but if you if you if you type it to say you know and, and use hyperbole it'll go crazy with the hyperbole and you got the same crap you had that a human was writing yeah, yeah. but and then it's then eventually yeah okay sure so we got news we got sports we got you know magazine articles um they're already writing short stories and I don't, I, it's only a matter of time before Stephen King is using it to write novels. Yeah. And so then what happens? Then what, then what do we do? Well, I heard he has a, a whole, he's always had like, it's, it's more like Stephen King incorporated. Yeah. Like and then he comes he up with the ideas and the, he doesn't sit, he, his fingers are on the keyboard. He might be some, but he might be like, you write the chapter where they go to the yeah. woods, you know, right. and then give it to me and I'll, well, yeah. given given he he may, he might be a bad example because given everything I've read about like his views on certain things, I doubt mm -hmm. seriously if he would be the type that would go, "You're all fired." I got this. Right. <laughs> I got, I got this computer this over thing. here. You know, but there are a lot of um, there are a lot of publishers that um, produce 
the same the same formulaic story by the same writer and they're all ghost written yeah and right. one of the i don't know so much of it's how it how it is now but it used to be um you could get a gig as a ghost writer you could get paid to write one of a one book in a series and mm-hmm. you can use that as a foot in the door. Well, obviously the publishing arena has changed a lot since yeah. you know I was attempting it. But now you won't need a ghostwriter. You'll just type in, you know, guy meet you know, girl goes big time girl goes back to small town around Christmas. You know, and and right. you won't need that person to write that write that story anymore. Right. And and there's so there's like it's interesting because almost to address, to talk about a topic like this, you almost have to choose the angle that you want to discuss, right? Right. Because there's the angle of, okay, what about people that write for a living? Mm-hmm. What does this mean for them? And that's a whole conversation, right? And we, mm-hmm. and that's where we could get into the, how capitalism treats workers. Yeah. And if we had, it's, Again, if we were going to go down this angle, and we probably could do a whole series on it, right? If we're going to go down that angle, and we could do, we could talk about how, if we had, uh, if healthcare were taken care of, and basic, the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the basic, you know, food, shelter, healthcare, safety, was something taken care of that you didn't have to depend on making a certain amount of money in order to live yes um it would be a whole different conversation now wouldn't it yeah like it would be like well if you like writing keep writing Mm -hmm. just because a robot's also writing doesn't mean you have to stop writing where do you think this robot learned how to write they learned how to write from people writing so keep writing keep honing your craft keep putting it out there you know we would love to have it we'd love to have it right so we can steal it. Um, and they and they'd go, yeah, but right now I get paid for it, and it's nice to get paid to do something I love. And you'd go, yeah, that's true. Uh, and that sucks, but at least you you know you're not gonna be out on the street, right? <laughs> that would be that kind of conversation. But now we're in this conversation where it's like, well, they might die of a preventable disease or a treatable disease, or they might not they might have to eat, you know, bread and water. Or they might, they're going to get kicked out. They're going to get evicted because they can't pay their rent. Because now, you know, News Corp Incorporated doesn't need them writing anymore. And that's what they've been doing so that they could live their life, you know? Yeah. So that's one angle. Mm -hmm. I would be 100% all for multiple part series on this. Yeah. We We could fairly, maybe not, maybe not in a row. But then we could fairly approach it from all kinds of different True. angles. Paul and Steve take on capitalism through the lens of AI <laughs> yeah, you know, you coming know in and doing a lot of the work. You know what? If if the people listening or watching this want us to do that, let us know in the comments. <laughs> they're this direction, right? Yeah. I'm new to there. this YouTube thing. Yeah, They're, they're not there. like up there. Nope. No tiles. Oh, I see somebody tiles just did here. a comment. Yeah, tiles are here and here, you know. <laughs> Comments are down here. I can't see who, but somebody just left a comment. You I see that? Anonymous. Yeah. Uh, anonymous. The hacker collective. 
So, uh, okay, so there's that angle. And yeah, so let's hit them all today. And then we could decide if we want to dive a little deeper in the future. But then there's the where I started, which made me sound like a, a damn libertarian, which is, <laughs> oh, well, if you can't make a living doing that, who, well, too bad, you know? Well, yeah. Not everybody can make a living doing what they like to do. What I was getting at there is more the personal advice <laughs> uh, approach. Because you could say, so the next question is, once you talk about the displaced workers and you address that, now you're going to go, well, what about an individual? What would you tell somebody who makes their living? And obviously, I wouldn't say, well, go do something, you know, go get a better job. Right. I you would probably. a couple of years ago, but you're not going to do that now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I've gone. It's so funny how there's no none more devout than the recently converted. <laughs> and how if you take a libertarian start pulling them left they'll they'll hit liberal and you got to get them through it because it's yeah. sort of like you know how <clears throat> when a uh, spaceship is re-entering the atmosphere like if they're too uh they're you know they're not um uh, perpendicular enough to the earth yeah um and they just kind of are too parallel they'll just skim you know they'll just bounce off of the atmosphere basically yeah, that that's what could happen to some libertarians. Like as soon as they start seeing the liberal stuff, they might, you know, sort of bounce off and go back in there. Because it, it, it uh, the, the vast majority of it reflects what they are have been railing against all this time. Bingo. Exactly. Yes. You got to you got to pull like, them a little further down. And they go, see, the that's exactly the kind of thing I was talking about that makes things yeah. worse. Right. So, yeah, you've got to quickly pull them through. So they, now they need a little bit steeper angle. You don't want it too steep because they'll burn up in the atmosphere. Right. Yeah, and they'll just that'll happen. Yeah, that could happen. You need just that right angle entering the atmosphere. And that so uh, you know, and then you get them quickly through the atmosphere of liberalism, uh, straight into the leftism, uh, sweet, sweet oxygen. Yeah. And they can breathe. Anyway, so where was I headed with that? Oh, yeah. My personal advice to somebody is. However you're making, and this goes for whatever you do to make a living, whatever you're doing to make a living, always keep an eye out for disruptors so that as you're, you know, and you always want to be a well-rounded, like, um, you want to be able to do, be able to adapt. Adaptability is really important in capitalism, yeah. um, you know, because something can't come along. And this has been going on since the Industrial Revolution, right? Since mm -hmm. the invention of the movable type printing press you know yeah. uh there was a huge disruption You're like what about scribes you know what about people's it's like uh it just has accelerated to the point like what you're doing today may not be available to do in 10 years so you always have to be looking ahead and like what can i how can i make my skills even more competitive because we still live in capitalism unfortunately and unfortunately we have to deal with that um then there's the whole now now that so there's that question we could go down that path of what do you tell an individual how to survive in in our dystopian <laughs> situation then there's the whole more of a long-term view uh, of it the question of what does this mean for the future right mm -hmm. and uh I, I could be oversimplifying it but I kind of see it the same way I see a lot of other things that have happened throughout history, mm -hmm. which is it's all about like, and I'm still talking about writing. I haven't gotten mm -hmm. into the art yet. You'll probably do more of the talking there because I know <laughs> very little about art, but 
Uh, let you know what you like. <laughs> I know what I like. I don't even know if I know what I like. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. Um, I, you um, you see throughout history more more tools for communicating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you start with the storyteller, the verbal. <laughs> you know, somebody's verbally telling a story, maybe acting it out. You know, mm-hmm. in front of the gathering of folks around the wherever they gather. <laughs> back back in the day and then you know that progresses on to more and more sophisticated means people invent writing so you now people are writing down stuff and now there's language and right. written language and then you know the printing press and then type you know typewriters and computers and uh the internet and now we've gotten to the point where it's like if you have an idea you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. right you have all of these tools at your disposal, having blog, having Google to help you do your research, mm-hmm. having Reddit to try out some of your ideas and say, hey, I was thinking this, you know, tell me what's wrong with it to refine the thing you're trying to communicate that eventually ends up being communicated information or communicated mm-hmm. opinion or a persuasion, whatever it is you're trying to do right. with your communication, right? I see this AI thing is just a not the next tool. Right. Yeah. Well, so, unfortunately, I mean, for better or for worse, it is, it is the next tool, the next big tool. Yeah. I mean, like, like, okay. And I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as to say people that are railing against this AI thing are Luddites, but I would ask, okay, if you're like, no, this is a bridge too far, you know, this AI thing for better or for worse, I think it's for worse. You know, we shouldn't, we, we should I'm I'm sad that it's happening. I'd go, okay, where exactly is the line? Right? Was being able to Google your research, is that too far? Because now you don't have to go to the library and actually look through books. You know, was it was it when spell checkers became a thing? Was it when grammar checkers became a thing? Like where exactly? And 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 if it's like, no, everything else has been okay. It's this AI thing I don't like. Okay, why? What's different about this AI thing that makes it a bad tool, or that makes it, you know, we've gone, we've gone too far, you know? For for me, mm. the 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 bridge too far with it is copyright infringement. Yes, that's the biggest one for me. Is that is that the only? Is that it? Like, like if somebody could show you a way that to to protect against copyright infringement. Would you be like, okay, I, I'm not 100%, but at least you took care of the well, big ones. So. Okay, the, the problem with that that line of thought is mm-hmm. um, it's one thing to overtly rip somebody off to be able to look at somebody's work and go, wait a minute, that's mine. It's mm-hmm. another thing when you're dealing with stuff like, because you've seen, you know, we used to play around with, was it crayon or whatever that was? And then it became yeah, yeah. part of mid journey and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the art, the AI art generation. Yeah, you, thing. you can look at, and admittedly I played around with it because it was fun. It was just fun yeah. to see how many James Brown pictures I could make. <laughs> but, but um, the problem is, is it's so subtle that mm-hmm. um, it's, it's hard to detect and now you could go well then it's not yours and everybody in art will basically be influenced by somebody 
but there's a difference between me looking at an artist that I admire and that I, mm -hmm. who, whose style I love and absorb part of that as, as a natural process. Yeah. It's another thing to go, I'm going to take that leg and put it over here. It's mine now. That exact same image, I'm going to take it and put it over here. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have five other legs melded in with it. And no one's going to know. That's that's my problem with it. It's basically copyright infringement that's hard to spot. And yeah. I think I think I might be I might be mistaken, but Midjourney or one of the the other big one just got hit with its first major lawsuit. So mm, mm, I've been mm. waiting for that because I'm over here like the dude behind the tree. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for that waiting for that to happen. That guy. Because there's no way. I mean, I, I doubt seriously if any of my art is going to be used in somebody's uh, in somebody's mid journey thing, you know. But I wouldn't even have the resources to pursue it legally if they did. Yeah. So hopefully, and I, I only just saw the article this morning while I was getting ready to do stuff around the house, and I didn't get a chance to read it. But I'm like, I'm going to go back and find it and read up on it. But if a bigger, if a bigger company or a bigger artist or somebody can afford to pursue it legally and probably inevitably waste a lot of money there's at least hope for, you know yeah. at least that's like a that's like a a, a a flare went up and hopefully people who don't understand what what goes into art and by art i also mean writing because i'm curious about how how ai generators generate you know mid not mid journey what's the one Chat, uh, GPT, mm. where where it gets its influences from, yeah. But it this this lawsuit will hopefully be like a flare to make people who don't understand that go wait, yeah, right, wait a minute, yeah, you're right. They could live, they could take anything, and I also read somewhere too that one of the one of the uh, uh, the reason why it has gotten and I'm speaking specifically about the art part the art part of it um visual art the reason why it has taken off like a rocket is because it is in fact uh mining the internet for images as opposed uh, whether they're copywritten or not as opposed to sticking strictly with stuff that is in the public domain like photographs that you just put online um that kind of or uh images from the past you know all, all the masters all the way up to what was it Copyrights didn't come around to like what 1920 or something like that, um, maybe a little bit earlier. So you got all that. That's not enough. That resource is not enough for it to create these. <laughs> dare I say it? They're they are very impressive images, mm. but they're also somebody else's work. Yeah. Um, the this the art thing is really interesting to me because I have nothing but questions and mm -hmm. again use these comments because I have gotten the feedback in the past that my style of questions sometimes comes across accusatory or judgmental so I will start with the caveat of I got nothing but questions and I don't I'm not trying to uh, sneak my opinion in by asking the question um, that having been said, if it does come across judgmental or accusatory comments, um, <laughs> you could call me whatever name you want. Just don't dox yeah. me, man. Yeah. Wait, don't if dox you happen me, bro. To be, 
if you're if you're doing this if you're, if you're listening to this as a podcast and not on YouTube, and your your uh, podcast provider doesn't have a comment section, pop over to YouTube and find us. It's that easy. Yeah, yeah, dad, yeah. You can't miss us. Better and, off, Dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, YouTube. Same thing. Subscribe, like, comment, and then we can know what you think. So, so two two questions immediately come to mind. One is, mm-hmm. we kind of went through this a while back with music, didn't we? Like when um, the rise of, and there's probably some racism involved here too, but the rise of like hip hop and uh, DJ generated music, when they would sample um, other songs. Yeah. Um, and there would be, you know, there were a ton of copyright lawsuits, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and so they had to, and you know, the legislatures are always behind on this stuff. So yeah. it kind of had to go to the courts and then the courts had to say some stuff. And then mm-hmm. maybe legislatures wrote new laws. I don't know where we stand on sampling music and stuff these days, but has that, it probably continues to get ironed out, right? How much of somebody's song can I take and put it in, remix it and put it into a new thing and then call the new thing mine? without having infringed on their copyright. Right? I, I I have no idea on that. I do yeah. know that um, sampling hit its peak with Beastie Boys' Paul's Boutique. Mm. And it was, the, the purpose of that album was to basically um, showcase and spotlight everything that influenced these guys musically. Oh. Now the thing the thing that a lot of people don't realize about that, um, which by the way, favorite Beastie Boys album, they went about it legally. They paid the equivalent of like today, like uh, about a million million and a half dollars for all those samples. But what what that album did was it really brought the problem of sampling to everybody's ear everybody's ear yeah yeah and i i'm i'm almost positive well like we had that we had that uh conversation about um the the eminem song that got sampled and Hmm. uh the i can't remember the artist's name who basically you know they had paid him you know who does know leslie leslie if you're watching put it down in the comments yes yes (laughs) Seriously, because I'm drawing a My blank name right is now. Slim Shady. It blew my mind when he posted it. He's like, listen to this. And, you know, yep. you prepare to have your mind blown at two minutes and whatever. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they have to legally they have to legally buy that sample. Yeah. And I'm sure there are those that don't. But so that's come a long way. Well, that's at it, least something that they're doing that, that they're doing right when it comes to sampling. Now is is Mid Journey gonna go? All right, well now we have to pay the million artists who we sampled for this image. No. Well, yeah, and I'm just like, are we about to enter another era of lawsuits and stuff? And it sounds like we are. 100%. Where this all this stuff gets kind of ironed out. And yeah. the the other thing I thought is like, did Warhol ever get sued like for putting Campbell's soup cans and and portraits and like like a lot of his art. Uh, he's, was he's been he's sampling been basically. Right? Yeah, he's been widely criticized and possibly sued, but 
and I, I don't know how what became of that because you know he died and his stuff is still considered you know uh art and the one that gets me similar similarly to warhol and you might not know the name but i'm sure you've seen the quote-unquote art is there was an artist called his name was carl lichtenstein and what he did was he would take an image out of a comic book all right and he would blow it up mm -hmm. and by blow it up i mean he he would he wouldn't blow up the original he would reproduce the original on a larger scale mm -hmm. crediting no one he basically mm -hmm. copied it and got famous and got rich doing it until i can't i mean I cannot remember the artist's name, but the, the there was one artist in particular who went, hold up, that's my airplane. Yeah. Um, and that kind of started his um, downward, and down, you know, in popularity because people, because he was praying, he was praying on the fact that the general public didn't know where that came from. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, or fortunately for the rest of us, somebody went, wait a second that's mine and we're gonna i i think uh now that the difference between warhol and lichtenstein and now with things like mid journey and chat gpt is thanks to the internet nothing gets unseen anymore nothing go yeah. nothing nothing sneaks by anything anymore so yeah i think a barrage of lawsuits is what's going to drastic what what it's going to take for some sort of regulation to happen with it. Yeah, yeah, and that, and then that you know the question of course is is that how that's how we've organized our society, mm -hmm. and are we good with that or do, would we prefer something different? You know, because the copyright system, like if you go back to the beginnings of why they even started a copyright system, ostensibly is to encourage innovation, right? To encourage creativity and moving forward because they're basically saying. If anybody could steal anything, then why would anybody create anything? Because it's just going to get stolen, right? And so the question is, okay, how does that apply here? Mm -hmm. Like, like, and again, like I said, I got nothing but questions. Maybe by the time we get done talking about this uh, over the coming months, I will have formed an opinion. But I'm kind of like, I want there to be innovation in how art is created and how writing is done. Mm -hmm. I want that to happen because... The reason I want that to happen is I have this, it's almost faith because I don't have any evidence, but I just have this belief that things will become more creative and, and better over time if you That's encourage helpful. innovation, right? At the same time, people that work hard, again, back to protect the workers, right? They should own their means of production and their, and their product, right? And so, like, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you do both, right? Where do you... I love Where's the when balance? I hear uh, capitalists go, if only there was a way. Because <laughs> they they will, I, I, I have heard that said before, and I'm like, you're approaching the point. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to scare them off. You want to just, you know, going, come to me, you going. can do it, sound what it the, out. What if the workers could own? <laughs> the factory employee owned employee owned business mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, like when you're talking about using the leg, that, that's a good example. Cause when you're talking about the leg, I'm like, what if there's an artist who, I don't know if you, you may not call him an artist, but let's say there's someone who generally is, is kind of a creative type and artist and they come up with this idea that is like sort of an innovative way to use these things that are, have already been created. And it wouldn't be the same if they sat down and drew their own leg, right? The whole point, it could be similar like the Paul's Boutique thing. Like the whole point was to use somebody else's leg, right? That's what I was, I was trying to make some artistic creative statement about something by using other people's parts of other people's work, right? Mm -hmm. Is what you're advocating when, when you describe Paul's Boutique. I mean, my assumption, the conclusion I drew from you mentioning that is, they should approach those artists and say, I have this idea of this thing I want to do. How much you want? How much for a leg? How much for one leg? <laughs> oh, a leg. <laughs> well, I, that, that's never going to happen. I, I, I got two things. One, uh, you were talking about how the, the reason why copyrights were put in the first place. My thing about copyrights is copyrights were created by lawyers. And we yeah. all know there's no altruism with lawyers. And yeah. two, um, Writers and artists and general creative types have always been underappreciated and always ripped off and never really, as a whole, gotten financially what they deserve. Yeah. And in my humble opinion, as an artist and a writer, is um, it's th this is only going to make it worse unless these lawsuits persist. And like the Mid Journey and Chat GPT probably went, you know what? No one's going to notice. Let's just keep going at this. And then they get a lawsuit. So it's either, did they like, oh, we didn't anticipate that. Or well, knowing what I know about how capitalism works, they've been prepared for it for a long time. And they're ready to, you know, they're ready to go to court over it. So so with, with Mid-Journey, which started out as what, Crayon? And was I something so. else, whatever. Yeah. That started out as a, as a university research project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ChatGPT is currently still a university research project right mm -hmm. and so i guarantee they weren't they were just kind of like we're just we're doing research yeah we have an ethics department you know and, and anything to do with ai yeah is also talking about the ethics yeah. related to ai right yeah. so yes they've probably thought about the ethics and all that stuff but it wasn't until this crayon thing was like acquired or invested like somebody invested heavily and like they're probably now trying to figure out how to monetize it, right? It wasn't until that happened that there was anybody really to sue. I guess you could sue a university, but the university would say, we're not trying to make money off of this. We're just yeah. experimenting. We opened it up to the public to I help mean, with our research. <laughs> I mean, indirectly, we're making yeah. money at it. We didn't oh, set course, out to yeah. purposely make money doing this. It's like we college need sports. Because right? indirectly, we, got, we get money for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we get like grants sports. and crap like that, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Yes, and here's the uh, the other thing about copyrights. Oh my God, we could have a whole series on copyrights, probably. Like, what does this have to do with being a dad? Who knows? Anyway, listen up, dads. Here's oh, the other yeah. thing about copyrights. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to expire, right? Once the yeah. creator has died after a certain number of years, then they're supposed to become years. public domain, right? Yeah. Speaking of evil corporations and capitalism, <laughs> guess who has gone. found a way around that? <laughs> The evil empire. How long ago did Walt Disney die? Right. Yep. 
Yep. Try using Mickey Mouse in, in, in something. I dare you. I bet. I, in fact, I'm going to try that. I'm going to go to this AI art thing and type in Mickey Mouse and see if it even brings up Mickey Mouse. Because if it does, I guarantee you Disney's going to swoosh in with a swoosh, a loss, a swoosh, I a think, legion of lawyers. I, I think Steamboat Willie, which is Mickey Mouse, but not Mickey Mouse, yeah. actually is now in the public domain. But go ahead, use it. I dare you. I, yeah. I freaking dare you to use it. Oh, yeah. These guys, and, Disney managed to change the damn law. Yes. Yep. <laughs> just, and it's just, it's not to encourage creativity and to move innovation forward and to well, bullshit. It's so Disney can keep making millions of dollars without having to do anything creative. And they did it with lawyers. And I rest my case on lawyers. Yeah. Yeah, so see, you come to a leftist podcast, you will hear us complain about Disney, just like when you go to your right-wing podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the difference being, we're right and they're wrong. True. Uh, holy crap, I've just looked at the time. Speak, yeah. I need AI to tell me when we're out of time, because we are out of time. I have to, uh, speaking of capitalism, I have to go do some. Mm. Um, we, will, we are not done by a long shot. We'll be uh, back. We'll be talking yep. more about this stuff. Um, meanwhile, leave comments uh, if you're on YouTube. Uh, what do I say? Like, subscribe, hit the bell so you never yep. miss an episode. That's right. And if you're We're... listening to us on podcast, why? Check us out on YouTube. <laughs> We're just that. Our, our voices match our faces. <laughs> and we're better off, Dad, trying to do the right thing when things are hard. And it shouldn't be this hard. generator to generate a, a catchphrase for us that sounds good watch All it right. be ours <laughs>